Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm the Bill Arnold part of that little sentence, and I'm so glad to be back with you today as we start a brand new week. I'm excited, uh, as always, about the show I brought for you today. Um, So we've got Patrick coming on in just a minute, then followed by the Monday Afternoon Mix. We're going to continue studying the Sermon on the Mount. I think this might be the longest time ever spent on that passage in Scripture, but Pastor David Miles has got lots more, so we're all in. And then Pastor Andy Davis is going to join me. We're going to talk about the book of Galatians. But to get things started, I always say a merry heart uh, is like good medicine, just the way Proverbs teaches. So welcome to another chat with my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese, which will prompt future generations to ask the question, what were those guys talking about again? Patrick, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. What were they talking about? You're the Bill Arnold portion of the program. I must be the afternoons. <laughs> Is that me? Yeah. You are. You are. I'm the afternoon. You're still doing Sermon on the Mount. That's amazing. We are. We're still at it. It's been great. We're mining. I, I've it for always everything. loved that. I I, yep. I once had a, an entire book just digesting you know, every sentence of it, and it's so rich. You know, consider the lilies, and then you do. Oh, I know. I, I <laughs> you're know. There for days, I know. you're considering the yeah. lilies. Yeah. In my second hour, uh, Pastor Andy Davis is coming on the show, and he talks regularly about uh, two journeys. And one journey, he said, is the the external journey of the worldwide advance of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all nations, of which we're a part of. And the other Mm -hmm. journey is he talks about the internal journey of an individual Christian from being dead in sin to gloriously perfect in Christ. And he talks about, you know, these two journeys are referred to uh, directly and indirectly in many places in Scripture. They're not really referred to as journeys, but that's really what they are. And I guess the the idea of a journey is progress, advancing gradually to a desired destination. And the external journey of the uh, advancement of the kingdom uh, is a gradual process returning, uh, requiring great effort and, and labor and the internal journey of individual personal salvation from justification through sanctification into glorification is also a process that requires great effort, labor, and suffering. So as I was thinking about those two things and pondering that, Patrick, it certainly seemed that in this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And I think how often are Christians characterized as people of good cheer and how important it is to kind of reframe our perspective as best we can when we have difficult circumstances in our life. Mm-hmm. And as we're uh, thinking of, thinking about the pandemic and also the surging inflation, how have those difficult circumstances uh, changed your life or forced you to reframe things? And hopefully uh, there's been some good that's come out of it. Well, I certainly think there are, uh, you know, you, you, nobody likes that stuff, right? No, you know, nobody wants to go through a pandemic. Nobody wants to be locked down. Uh, there's the occasional person who says, "This is working out great for me. My agoraphobia has been has been addressed." 
but um, you know, we don't like that. We don't want to lose work. We don't want businesses to close. And you know, certainly with inflation, we don't want to pay more for the things that we've gotten used to. You know, you don't, you don't want to see your money going fewer places. But do you ever think that you know sometimes your your life gets to a certain point and you haven't really understood how you got to where you are? Like you say, well, how did I develop this? $32 a day coffee habit. How did that, <laughs> how'd I get there? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and maybe you don't even notice it. I, obviously I'm exaggerating a wee tad, although I, I yeah. do believe you, I, I know you've hit that mark once or twice in your, but when you're your buying time. for other people, you've hit that yes. mark uh, before. Right. Yes. Cause you just, you, uh, it's, it's, it, for those of you who are fortunate enough to grab a cup of coffee with Bill it's very hard to pay for it. He just loves – you just love to buy coffee for people I, and I it, you would love to treat. It's one of your things. But uh, yeah, you say, wow, I, I – you know, sometimes inflation, sometimes a pandemic might make you readdress, let's say on the financial angle anyway. Where do I spend my money and how did I get to the point where I was spending this much on that? Well, look at this. I have 14 streaming services, still can't find anything to watch. You know, uh, you know, it's uh, we we we've got some of those streaming services here, and I yeah. Anytime I th- I say you know we should probably get rid of one or two. You know, the the kids will say, oh no no, no I I must have that. And it says, well, haven't you memorized the shows yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, my my daughter will watch the same shows over and over and over again. I think I could just buy the DVD for a lot less. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Do you do you? Do you I mean. I, I know like during the pandemic, for instance, uh, gyms got closed and uh, I'd like to try and maintain a fitness lifestyle. I have always lived in fear of, uh, uh, you know, not taking care of myself. My dad did not take care of himself, died at a young age. My brother uh, took lots of risks. He died at a very young age. And so I've always taken, you know, that is a serious thing. And suddenly, oh, your gym's closed. So I bought a jump rope. And suddenly I have this expensive gym membership and I replaced it with a $9 piece of rope mm-hmm. and ended up feeling better. I think I got in a little bit better shape. Mm. Uh, I, I know that sounds strange, but it was the strangest discovery. I was just kind of, you know, the pandemic sort of forced me, says, well, be creative. What can you do? Well, there's this piece of rope, <laughs> yeah. you know, and a question I, I have for listeners is was there something that you had to sacrifice or a hardship that you encountered that produced uh, a surprise outcome? Because I love those stories when somebody said, well, I was forced into having to give up this or not be able to afford that. And then instead this happened. And I think those are encouraging stories. Oh, I, I agree. I, I, it's, uh, you know, how he, sometimes uh, people get into a tough situation. They're they have to take a second job and suddenly they discover that they like the second job more than they like the first job and it branches off into an entirely new career, which is, I think, uh, so cool Yeah. that they say, yeah. well, I would have never discovered that if I wasn't, you know, I didn't have my back against the wall and now I discovered my, – my sister did that. It was the strangest thing. She's tremendous green thumb. You know, she can bring – she would bring twigs home. And I would say, oh, great, a stick collection. Well, this is just what we, we were roommates for a brief period of time. 
And, you know, I'd look out in the back porch, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later and there'd be a forest growing that she had <laughs> resuscitated from these twigs. <laughs> it, was, it was, oh, she was so good. I remember when I got my own place, I remember I was taking care of a plant that I had and she, she came by to visit and I said, well, I'm doing okay with that plant over there. And I point to the other side of the room. She goes, that's plastic. <laughs> and I was, I was on the other side of the room when she saw she could tell it was plastic. I said, well, will it be hurting it to water it? Because I've been watering it regularly. Uh, she was just that good. She was yeah. just that good. But then uh, she ended up in tough times and worked at a doggy daycare center. And the next thing you know, she was training dogs and discovered this whole new world. Yeah. She'd always liked yeah. having a dog. But then she she started going into that business. She said, well, I just needed to make a few extra bucks. And they said, would you like to walk dogs? Oh, okay. I'll walk dogs. Loved it. Yeah. And she, she became a big part of the belly rub club. I'll I love that. that. I love that. Yeah. If you have a story for Patrick and I, let us know what it is where you were found yourself in a difficult situation and then something really good came out of it and God was in the middle of it. If you have time to text your short story over, send it to 877-933-2484. We'd like to hear about it. Um, Hebrews 13.5, Patrick says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I think you and I have chatted in the past about our first apartments or things that you just couldn't believe how happy you were. And, oh, I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you and I both had the same 1985 Honda. Uh, it, yeah, it we, turned, did. we didn't. We didn't know each other back then. Uh, we were sharing stories once, and I said, oh, one of my favorite cars was this, this, I had this 1985 Honda, and then it turned out we had, we had the identical car. Yeah, same uh, color, same everything. Yeah, same color, same everything, same crank windows, because that's just what it came with, and yeah. uh, just always thought fondly of that car. I, I don't know if I ever told you, I was, uh, I was at a, working at a car dealership for a brief period of time, and somebody traded one in <laughs> this was this would have been like 2014 so at this point in time that car is approximately 30 years old right mm-hmm. and uh and it pulls up and this person's trading it in and i and i say to the boss i say can i i just i have to i can i take that for a spin you know he's traded it in after he's gone with his new car because this will be a trip down memory lane that i've just been longing to have and it was horrific. <laughs> just so you, just so you know, you and I, the car we had, it was not that nice. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of it a tin was, can. We thought we were cool, it though. Was oh, I know. We got 142 miles to the gallon. I mean, the first month you had it, you said you brought it back to the dealer because you said the gas gauge doesn't work because it never it never leaves F. It's always full. Like, oh no, it's just that efficient because it weighs 14 pounds. This car. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. When I drove that car, I was at a point where finances were so tight, I could not afford new brakes. So I just stopped it like Fred Flintstone. Oh, well, the beautiful thing about that car is you could start it like Fred Flintstone <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. If you have yeah. a story that changed things for you in a, in a positive way and you, you want to share it with us, let me know what it is. Send it over 877-933-2484. Patrick Albanese is my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back.
Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That theme song, of course, is for Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. And uh, Patrick got a nice comment from a listener. said, God took the ashes of a job loss, along with benefits and tuition reimbursement, and redeemed it one year later into two years of paid college tuition. That's awesome. Wait, that didn't happen to me. No, <laughs> oh, it, it happened to the listener. No. Wow. Right. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yes. In your rich you... uncle's will, you owed him 20 bucks. Yes. You're talking about Uncle Sam. Your... <laughs> because... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I remember, yeah, yeah, speaking of wills, I remember one time when I was kind of young, my mom said, look, there's not going to be much left for you. I said, well, work it down to zero. Do you, you, know, do you I want you to spend it all. Please spend mm-hmm. it all. Have some, have some fun. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't put a price on your head. Uh, just enjoy what you have. Uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, I'm, you know, hopefully you did a good enough job raising me that I'll be okay. Yeah. But I uh, love this. Wow. What, that's the a, pan- yeah. Yeah, Yeah, here's another comment, Patrick. Before the pandemic hit, we were reluctantly attending a certain church. When the lockdowns hit, the church went online indefinitely. After months of online services, there was still no talk of getting back in person. So at this point, I was a young mom with a toddler and a newborn baby. Needless to say, I was ready to get out in need of in-person biblical fellowship. We were, as you said, forced to find a new meeting Church meeting in person, miraculously, God led us to a new church. It was the right fit right away. The Bible is preached and the fellowship is rich. We are now members and I am joyfully serving as a deacon. We have a third baby on the way and I can't wait to welcome this new little one into this church family. I love it. Oh, I I just got the little goosebumps from that one. Seriously. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's great. Because as you, were, as you were reading it, I was thinking... I wonder how many other people had kind of an experience like that where they said, I, maybe it's time for a new church or just um, because I think one of the most sinister things about the lockdowns, for instance, was it was real easy to develop the habit of saying, you know, I kind of like this church online. And then uh, suddenly there are many weeks I found myself not catching church online. And Mm -hmm. and I thought, what, what, what just happened? How did I? How did our Sunday just get so full that we missed church online? And uh, to <laughs> yeah. me, there was really something you, there's in the prep and getting the family together and going and doing it. There, that it made me understand more why God wants us in a house of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing when, wrong with church online. I think it's fantastic, but yeah. Yeah. If you just joined us, Patrick and I are, are chatting about the two different things we need to focus on uh, the, uh, the journey of our, of advancing the kingdom of Jesus to all people and all nations, and then the the personal internal life of an individual Christian, who have we went from being dead in our sin to gloriously perfect in Christ, as the way God gives us His abundant grace. And I was uh, thinking of Philippians chapter one, where Paul says, um, "I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel." And of course, he's in prison. 
And you think, boy, here's another perfect example of challenge, difficulty, hardship, but we are mm-hmm. turning it into ways to bring glory to God. And I just uh, love that reminder. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's easy to kind of get caught up in our own difficulties. You know, uh, as a friend of mine used to say, you know, if your problem is the cable guy is running late, life is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if he's more than four hours late, I I understand that's entirely different, of course. You know, because that window, you know, just just get there in the window, right? No, no, it's it's where we just we like things when we like them, and we we like our lives in this uh, apple pie order, uh, as my mother-in-law likes to say. She likes everybody in their squares and everything in its place, and uh, you know, her life has never worked out that way. So. Uh, even to this day, she says, I, I just need things in their places. I need things in their people in their squares, people in their squares. Um, can't control people. You can't control what happens to people. And uh, we have to learn to accept that uh, you know, God has better plans. Yeah. And to say you know, in your prayers, God, I'm trusting you for the outcome. Because otherwise we're making a, a list of how we need the outcome to happen. And I always think you know, it's a little foolish to do that with God. But pray specifically yes. for your specific prayer request, but trust him for the outcome. Yeah, I have an old friend of mine used to uh, often, one of his big phrases with me was, what not how? He says, when you're praying to God, you know, it's perfectly fine to, you know, tell him what you want. He kind of knows already. But just get out of the business of trying to tell him how to do it. You know, just, you know. You know, dear God, we're having some difficulty with uh, finances. And, you know, honestly, that lottery is looking really good right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, says, how about no, this one? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's just, it, it, it is smart to say, you know, God has plans. What we, why, and as this friend would say, he goes, why would you limit God as to the ways that he can help you by saying, do it this way? No, I had better ideas, but okay, we'll do it your way. It's going to take a lot longer. <laughs> he know. has information about your life that you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, how about okay. this one? When I discovered the diagnosis of cancer, I lost my peace. I could not sleep or eat. My friend suggested to get massage to help relax. I got my first massage in my life. I fell asleep and slept for eight hours. When I woke up, I promised God that I would give healing massage to people on their healing journey. Years later, I do work as a massage therapist. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great story. It's not only is it a great story, but, uh, you know, to, you know, it's funny. Have you ever done a massage? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, received one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've received yeah, one, of course. And, they're, and they're magical. And then, uh, you know, ten years goes by, and pretty soon you're walking crooked down the street because your hips are not aligned. And I think, oh, that's right. There was a thing. There was a thing that worked. But that person, that's a really great story. Yeah, it is. That, it is a great story. It's a good goosebump day. Yeah, yeah. Life changing so, stuff. Yeah. Speaking of great stories, uh, apparently you've got one about your son that uh, oh, no, you, you want to share. I, well, okay. So uh, my son is going into seventh grade, and uh, they do this launch week uh, where you, know, you kind of hang out at the school with your new your middle school. So now you're hanging out with a whole bunch of different kids, uh, and you're getting introduced to them and how the school works, what the lockers are, and of course, 
my son's complaint daily was, uh, you know, I'm really getting tired of these team building exercises. (laughs) 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 He just wanted to hang with his friends from his other school. And it was just kind of what they did. They kept trying to break them up. And it's like, no, it's oil and water. Just they'll, they'll make new friends. Anyway, the whole thing culminates in a trip down to Kansas city to a place called worlds of fun. They get to go to an amusement park and, uh, they say, you know, maybe give them a, you know, see, make sure your kid has some money to, you know, buy some snacks or, you know, things they want. So before uh, I'm taking them to the school to drop them off, I say, you know, would you, uh, would you like some cash to uh, bring with? He says, sure. And uh, I said, you think $25 will be enough? He's like, yeah, that's, I'm sure that'll be okay, you know. So I give him $25 and he stuffs it in his pocket. I said, well, well, don't you want to put that in? He has a wallet. I said, don't you want to put it in your wallet? He says, oh, I, I don't want to take my wallet with me. I said, you don't want to take your wallet to the amusement park? Why not? He says, well, I've got over $300 in cash inside my wallet. And I don't want to risk losing it. So I thought to myself, I, I believe I was just played by an 11-year-old. I think you were too. I mean, now, granted, I said, would you like some cash? I didn't ask, do you have money? I said, would you like (laughs) some cash to take with you? And he said, but of course I would, father. (laughs) You got played, my friend. I got played. The verdict is in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bringing my wallet because I have over $300 in there and I don't want to lose it. All right. I got a couple more uh, messages that came in. I want to get these out. I just came from the dentist. I thought I lost it. I, I thought I had lost a tooth with a filling in it, so I threw it out. But I got to the dentist's office. He said, uh, where that tooth was that you threw out, that was a crown. I could have just glued it back on. So oh, I came boy. home and prayed, and I prayed. And I got home and went dumpster diving and found the crown in my garbage. Hooray. It was really messy, but definitely worth the money. I wonder how much I just made an hour. They're kind of expensive. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I love that. Oh, that's, I, I would not, that'd be a tough one. Have yeah. Did, did you ever? Did you have braces as a kid? You ever lose a retainer nope. and nope. have to dumpster I had dive? Him as an adult. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I had him as an adult. My yeah. my sister was notorious for leaving her retainer uh, on the lunchroom table, taking it oh. out to eat lunch at school, and then uh oh, and uh, yeah. mom was always go fishing, go yeah. fishing in the garbage can. All right, she found it every one time. One more, my friend. Many yeah. years ago, I was single and owned my own small home. Plus, I was a returning college student. And in the dead of winter, 25 below, my furnace died. I called the gas company. This wonderful lady helped me apply for monies to get a new furnace. And because my income was poverty level, I got a brand new furnace for free. God carried me through again. Wow. Love these stories. I thought it was a, Thank you. I thought, well, in a sense, I thought it was going to end in a proposal as well. <laughs> and <laughs> I met my future spouse, you know. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. who knows? If there was more to the text, maybe so. But uh, yeah, that's... That's the time. Patrick, thanks for joining me, and let's uh, be uh, ready to take whatever life gives us and give it to God and trust him for the results. Uh, Amen. Yep. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Yep. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix will happen with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. Continue on the Sermon on the Mount.
It is time, it is time, it is time. It is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix. Can you play the saxophone just like with your mouth, like... Or the trumpet? <laughs> I cannot. David, can you? <laughs> Who needs bumper no. music? We can create our own on the Monday Afternoon Mix. I think we should start. Ooh, okay. It's all solid. We'll let you do it's that, Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pastor I'll David Miles... Pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and also adjunct professor at the wonderful University of Northwestern in Rosie B. We are the Monday Afternoon Mix. We've been on Sermon on the Mount for a long time, and it's been wonderful. It has, man. It's been... We're coming to a year. The bomb biggity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was actually, you know, coming up on a year ago, went up to the Boundary Waters with my two oldest son and my oldest son, DJ, who's a Johnny up at St. John's. Uh, He did our devotional for the uh, father-son kind of... And uh, came back, and it was just, it was really, really good. And and the year before that, Jackson had the devotion. It was really, really cool. But, yeah, so it was super. So just kind of wanted to keep relishing, digging into God's Word on one of the most profound sermons ever. Mm-hmm. I would say the most profound sermon. I mean, you don't need any more than the Sermon on the Mount, really, because it's so hard to do what he's asked us to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could I could live my whole life. You know, running into the Sermon on the Mount principles. Yeah. I mean, just the whole, like, um, (laughs) you name it. I mean, like, we've hit a number of different things, being salt and light, um, anger, lust, uh, retaliation. Oh, that was, Mm -hmm. that's one, you know. That's, yeah, all of them. loving your enemies, because, like, you know, today it's so easy just to, Jesus like, if you love the people who love you, yeah, you know, unbelievers do that. Mm -hmm. But loving your enemy. You know, and doing good to those, you know, who dog you out and do you wrong. I mean, that's that's just kind of otherworldly. I think I think there was a a button at a tour shop that said to err is human to forgive is out of the question. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that is absolutely. Well, it's such an easy one. That in particular, I know that's not what we're going to talk about today, but loving your enemies in particular sounds so easy until you have an offense you have to love that's above and beyond what you know you're capable of because then the Lord has to help you with it. You know, but it's one of those trite things. Oh, love your enemies until yeah. you and realize I, you have to forgive something. I'm trying to remember exact quote, but it's like A.W. A, uh, a. Tozer who wrote Pursuit of God. Um, he said, you know, beware of hasty repentance, you know, mm. and that, you know, we're good at it. I mean, like we, we're really down with it until we have someone to forgive, you know, and it, then it's like, that's when, you know, your limbic system, your fight flight, your your you know, that fleshly part of you comes in that wants to demand your way and your right, that pops up. And, you know, again, we emphasize um discipleship here on the Monday afternoon mix and just in Faith Talk Radio because the Christian life is not something that we can live in our own strength. You know, it's not moralism, it isn't just great maxims. Like we truly need Jesus Christ to indwell, to work, to radically transform, you know, our mind, our heart, our affections, our gut reactions. Like we truly, uh, we truly need that. And we need one another in that process. God made the body of Christ for us to, to grow because, you know, when, when you're a monk off by yourself, you know, in the middle of nowhere, yeah, you're not going to have issues, you know, but it's when you're living with people and, and doing things with people. Well, that's not true because being by yourself too, you still... You Isolation's know, tough too. Yeah, you, you know, we still have issues, you know, 
there, there's me, myself, and I, and if there's time, mine. And so we can fight <laughs> with our own selves. So that's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump into the text. We're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. I will read it, if that's all right. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I think, like, before jumping into it, it's actually good to go back to um, what Jesus uh, reminds us in the very beginning of chapter 7. You know, he starts off with this theme of us reminding to judge ourselves. Because mm. even as we were reading verses 15 through 20, I mean, like, there's a bunch of people probably going across mm. your HDTV surround sound 5.1 mind, and you're thinking of it. But coming back to what Jesus said about not judging, um, not judging, so you're not, therefore, judge yourself. Now, that's different than what we'll find out in today about inspecting fruit. Um, and so he calls us first to that, and then, you know, really looking of, of ourselves not living in hypocrisy, you know. So, yeah, so David, does that, is he talking about our own motives there? So you can produce good fruit, but if you're looking at your own self-judgment, is he talking about what's the motive of your heart? Well, what I was wanting to kind of get at, Rosie, was saying, like, coming back to the point, because when we're looking at at fruit, because we're going to be called to look at fruit, meaning this, there are false prophets, and it says they're dressed up as wolves in sheep's clothing. Then Jesus switches the metaphor to trees and fruits, meaning that after a period of time, a person's fruit's going to show, mm-hmm. you know, that after a period, that's going to happen. But in our culture, sometimes of being very judgmental, you know, I'm saying go back to chapter 7, verse 1, when Jesus starts off with saying about our judging heart and saying, before you look at the speck in your brother's eye, begin to look at the log in your own eye. And so one of the things to start with humility and fruit inspection is to start with ourselves. I see. Okay. You know, so that's what I'm, that, that's more, not necessarily what I'm getting at, but that's more what the passage is getting at and saying, you know, when Jesus says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you're able to help your brother, not beat them, but help them with the speck in their eyes. So, so as we look at this thing of false prophets, you know, people can go, ah, yeah, but starting to say, okay, Lord, search me, you know. Search me first, and where do you see this at work in my life? And then come to the passage where Jesus is saying, beware of false prophets. You know, he's, he's letting you know that there's true prophets, and then there's also false prophets. I mean, last week we saw that there were two roads, a broad way that went to hell and a narrow way that goes to heaven. And here he's saying that, you know, there's, there's these two types of prophets. And he's saying the first one, you know, that they are, they're like uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. And what's fascinating about this is that this isn't the only place that this conversation comes up. You know, you see 
um, in Jeremiah where the Lord says, people cry out, peace, peace, peace. And Jeremiah says, um, you know, these people were wolves. They were, they were false rulers and they were false prophets. Ezekiel would say this, that in the bad days, that her princes in the midst of her are like wolves, tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. You know, Zephaniah would say that her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till the morning. And Paul even said when he's leaving the Ephesian elders in Acts, he says, people are going to come in, fierce wolves who will come in amongst you uh, and, and not spare the flock. And so it's giving this picture that this person appears to be a shepherd, you know, wearing a mantle that had you know, sheepskin on one side, fleece on another, and seemingly caring for the flock, but inwardly really more so concerned about themselves and looking to cause destruction to the body. I love in verse 16, it says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. It doesn't say by their fruit, they will fool you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's encouraging. You know, it is, and there's a need for wisdom. I mean, like, here's one of the interesting things. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never seen, like, an apple tree produce apples in one day. Mm -hmm. And so there's this part that says that it takes time for fruit to grow. So you have people who outwardly, you know, they have all the credentials and they have all the ya-ya hip, hip, hooray, but that sometimes can be masking. You know, um, I remember one time when Tammy and I, we were at first at seminary at uh, Trinity, and we were at one church that we visited, and shortly after being there, like, they wanted to give the right hand of fellowship. They're like, oh, you know, we'd love for you to, you know, to come and to join us. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 hold on. How about you get to know us? And how about we get to know you? And one of the people said, well, you go to Trinity, right? I said, yeah, but you still need to be the Bereans and check the fruit. I said, there's people that have done theological studies that that don't have a heart for God, you know, that have different things and different motives. Um, There are plenty of religion departments in a number of universities. Um, And I remember my undergraduate, one school that was up by where I was at, I mean, they had a person who was not a believer that was heading up the religion department, you know. So so needing to inspect fruit to see what's going on uh, in the heart of people is key, especially when we're dealing with prophets and teachers and pastors and leaders because, you know, their impact is profound. So, David— Oh, sorry, Bill. a lot of wisdom, David. Rosie, you asked the next question. Um, so when it says false prophets, is it then referring to not just the prophetic, but to teachers and elders? Is that is that word prophets expanded? Yeah, I mean, like prophets during those those times, you know, speaking in terms of of leaders, of teachers. I mean, like in Jesus's day, like people were aware of prophets. I mean, there were still, you know, the temple and, and the religious order and rabbis and stuff. And we have to remember contextually, as Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount, he's addressing the Pharisees and the scribes and the leaders. You know, earlier he's talking about that your righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees and scribes and teachers. And so, 
you know, in this, he's addressing these individuals, you know, that though they have, uh, I think he would say, like, wide phylacteries and that he they pray loud prayers and all those things. But inward, and Jesus would even call some people, he'd say, you know, you guys are whitewashed tombs. You know, you look pretty on the outside. But inside, I mean, like, you are like morgue-like. I mean, that's not like Chanel Eau de Funk number five. I mean, like, he's like... That's it's, bad. It's just like bad. And so he's looking at these types of things. And so what are some some things that come up with the false prophets and false teachers? One is self-interest. I mean, like, really, they're ultimately all about themselves and 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 caring little uh, for the flock. And so Jesus in John 10, when he talks about being the good shepherd, he said the hireling doesn't care. When danger comes, he runs off. And so those are one of the things um, about a wolf. If they're involved and concerned about self-interest, they're not, you know, concerned with the needs of the flock. And that person, they may teach for solely for their own gain. They may be teaching solely for prestige, mm. you know. Um, I mean, like, honestly, I tell people, like, when they're like, oh, being a pastor, and I'm like, listen, if God's not called you to this, you know, really, I mean, like, it, it's an incredible privilege and honor. And if I can ask something of our listening audience, please, 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 please pray for your pastors and your leaders and your elders and your children's workers, and your worship directors, and just for your church. I mean, like, really pray for that because that influence and that power and that that for good is profound and for bad is likewise profound. Did you forget radio people too? <laughs> yes. Please pray you, for radio people. Yes, definitely pray for... No, we always love prayers for... Everyone here at Faith Radio, it is a significantly meaningful thing when we hear from people saying, we are praying for you. Yeah, Bill, you know, it's interesting when people say that they've heard us on the radio. That's typically my first response to them. It's like, would you please do me a favor? And I like what said. I said, as you remember us, would you please pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us and give us wisdom, that we're not giving pat answers and that we're directing people to the one who really matters, Jesus Christ, and to the word of God that's eternal and does not return void. Yeah, and David, Rosie, I know that I look at Second Timothy 2.15 almost every day, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you put anyone behind a microphone and that's the, the, the desire that you are rightly dividing the word of truth. And I pray that I, I pray that I am and that people on my show are doing it as well. So. Mm. Yeah, let me take a break. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We're continuing our study, Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. If your Bible is open, true and false prophets. More when we come back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com.
We're back with the Monday afternoon mix. We're mixing it up today. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. We're continuing our glorious study in Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20, talking about true and false prophets. David, you, during the break, were sharing some very good points about uh, spotting these false prophets. Do share. Yeah, I mean, I love the words of one um, writer, William Barclay, and he was noting some of the fruits of things that come out in falseness. And, you know, one of the first things that he said is that teaching is false if it produces a religion which consists solely or mainly in the observance of externals. And goes on to note how that was what was wrong with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I mean, they, they had taken the, the Ten Commandments and converted into 16, 613 um, different rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, if a person, um, you know, picked up figs, if they walked on the Sabbath, if they were meticulous and t- all these things, then it was always an if, 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 then. Or another way of putting it, it was a life that was focused on Jesus plus something else. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. And so if we have people where it's like that Jesus shedding his blood for you, that that's, that's you know, not sufficient, you know, that it's based upon a whole bunch of other externals, you know, um, that be can be uh, confusing a true religion, which is religious practice, you know, because then if it's just basically on religious practice, then what do we need Jesus for? Mm-hmm. Like if we can do all these things in our own strength to be made right with God, then... So can I clarify that? I just want to make sure. So if it is, if there needs to have other things above and beyond the shed blood of Christ, then that's a, that's a sign that we could be walking into false teaching. Yeah, I mean, like, for example, take a look at scripture and, um, you know, God's word is eternal. Um, and then there's some religious belief that says, well, these additional books are new revelations of God. Okay. And that you need to follow this in order to, you know, truly be saved, you know, or, um, you know, Paul writes in Colossians about not having us be completely latched down by new moons and Sabbaths and like special knowledge. I mean, like what's amazing about the gospel is that it's simple enough for a child uh, to place their trust in Christ, but it's also deep enough to confound of the foolishness and the wisdom of man. Right? You know. When people say that, oh, I wish I had more, you know, I wish I knew more. I'm like, I can't get through the book that we have. I can't adhere to some of the principles that they have, you mm-hmm. know, that we have in the books, in our 66 books yeah, already. I mean, like, if we were just to be faithful to what God has already laid on our heart and is calling us to trust and obey and follow him in, that, that's an, I mean, that's a lot right there. Mm-hmm. So that's one. The other one is that it's it's teaching that is false that produces an easy religion. You know, so this might seem contradictory in, in ways. Um, but looking at Romans chapter six, I mean, like the writers uh, in Paul's days, you know, they're thinking of this because they say to Paul in Romans chapter six, and I'm about to get there. Uh, Paul writes, "What shall we then say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound?" By no means. Other passages say, God forbid. And what this easy religion is, is that people are saying, hey, Paul, you know, you're saying that God's grace is so amazing. So why don't you just go ahead and sin? It doesn't matter. Mm. And Paul's like, 
no. He's like, how can we who die to sin still live in it? So this type of, um, you know, easy religion, this thought that it's going to just be like completely comfortable. No, Jesus said, pick up your, not recliner. He said to pick up your cross and understanding that our our flesh um, that God is sanctifying, it wars against the spirit. Like we really want to gravitate towards comfort and self-centeredness. And so um, if it if if it's all you can have it your way, Burger King, you deserve a break today. I mean, like just an easy religionism that it's not calling you, um, you know, to a godly ethic in him, meaning not lying, you know, um, being faithful to your spouse, you know, not cheating on your taxes. Um, I mean, like, there are some things that God is calling us to as the people of God, and he's also empowering us by the Holy Spirit to walk in those things. Um, one big one, you guys, that I uh, that was really interesting and, and is timely, is that teaching is false if it produces a religion which is arrogant and separatist. Repeat mm. that, David. Teaching is false if it produces a religion which is arrogant and separatist. And he goes on to say, any teaching which encourages a man to withdraw into a narrow sect and to regard the rest of the world as sinners is false teaching. Like if you're like, it's just me and this small group of people that are the only people who have it right. I mean, I put it this way. Sometimes, you know, you're standing at the cross of Christ and then you go to the Council of Nicaea and Council of Constantinople in AD 25, and then you have the Greek and Roman Orthodox Church split, and then the Reformation, and then the, you know, the liberal fundamentalist controversy in the 1900s, and then you go from fundamentalist to neo-evangelicals to evangelicals. And as you're going down this continuum, you come to this point where somewhere out by Pluto, which when I was growing up was a planet, and now they call it a moon, <laughs> mm-hmm. is this gathering of about 200 churches. And they look over the rest of humanity and say, only we have theological truth. And it's like the amount of theological arrogance and hubris it takes to say that to the living God of the universe who shed his eternal blood to say that just a small group of people within the United States are the only people who've got that. That that's pretty, that's pretty weighty. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like that um, knowing that part of scripture, and that's where scripture is so important to have really be in it and drinking it in. Because I think the knowing what Paul was saying there would help many people not get involved in cults, probably, um, and at least see warning signs of it. Uh, I would think that that scripture would really help that. In particular, yeah, I mean, like we're here on this call because, you know, God, when Jesus prayed in John 17, I pray not only for those, these, the disciples, and he said, don't take them out of the world, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And he says, I pray not only for these disciples, but for those who will hear because of their message. And guys, you know what? You know what that means? That means today on July 19th, we are answered prayer to Jesus's high priestly prayer in John 17, because he Mm -hmm. prayed for those who had come to know through the disciples' message. And that's us. And that's us precisely because the disciples obeyed Jesus, not at first when he says, 
you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So because they didn't just stay within a small sect, but they took the gospel out, and they took the gospel out with persecution, being persecuted, we are here today. So today as you're driving, and and God has been saying to you, you know what, um, I'll just say Zingo. Zingo, I really want you to go across the street to your neighbor or to your cubicle mate or the person that you have lunch with. And I really want you to tell them in a perfectly imperfect way about a God who loves imperfect and messy people and died a very messy death and was put in a tomb in order to rise to life and to give eternal life and peace and forgiveness. Because if you're listening today, it's because someone told you. And God, please use us to be those where it says, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. So good. Rosie, David, thank you again for another great time of Monday afternoon mix. And this has been rich teaching and great fellowship. I always look forward to this. Likewise. Love being with you, bro. Yeah, likewise. All right. We're going to take a little break. That's all the Monday afternoon mix for today. Look for us same time next week. And then after a short break, Pastor Andy Davis is going to join me. We're going to study Galatians today. So make sure your Bible is open. Get a notebook and a pen and a shovel because we're going to do some digging today into the book of Galatians. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.